Always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow, till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's He who controls the past controls the future He who controls the present controls the past Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Nobody's News. This is our second week of shows in 2024, and we're very excited to be here. And I say we because today I am joined by none other than Zach. Zach, how are you doing, broski? Oh, I'm great, bro. Just uh, peachy today. <laughs> nice. It's the beanie. It's cold, but uh, whew, 60 is not that bad compared to a lot of places around the country. But um, you got any anything going on, or can we get right into it? Uh, nothing much. I'm just working and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, same here. Nothing nothing new to report. Still just waiting on the publisher to put the book, uh, audiobook up on Amazon. Like I said, the, the Kindle book is on. I think I talked about that in the show, but the, the Kindle book is on Amazon. Still waiting for the, the Barnes & Noble, which will be the print and audiobook and ebook, and then the audiobook on Amazon. But uh Still waiting for that, so no no new updates there. Um, still release date of March 1st, and other than that, we're just doing the show. But um, oh, And trying to publish articles, but nothing new's come out there. Um, so we'll just get right into the news. This was breaking. Um, I was at the gym right before this, and uh, the Supreme Court sucks. So new ruling. Supreme Court rules border agents can remove razor wire erected by Texas. Um, so this is something I was talking about last week with uh, immigration and how basically there's there's a legal way where now Texas they've passed a law Abbott passed law to where now it is illegal for you to cross into to Texas it's a violation of state law but it's still an international border so I said it would play out in the in the Supreme Court and we were looking very forward to that because I was like well obviously like a state has a right to defend its own borders well no um so the Supreme Court ruled Monday that the federal government can remove razor wire erected on the U.S.-Mexico border by Texas law enforcement, which the government argued illegally prevented them from managing the border. Um, they weren't managing the border anyway. Uh, the 5-4 decision vacated an appeals court ruling last month that allowed the wire to stand amid a continued legal standoff over border, border jurisdiction. Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts led the majority alongside Justices Sonia Sotomayor. Alina Kagan, Amy Coney Barrett, and Gitanji Brown-Jackson. Um, the only one that really surprises me out of those is Amy Coney Barrett. She has really turned out to be a dud, huh? Trump put her in, and then she voted. We talked about this last year. The She's done a – she's voted kind of bad on a, a couple things, but the two main things that stick out to me are this now and then also um, for Native American families, taking away Native Americans who are with – loving foster homes who want to adopt them just to put them with other Native Americans. She was in favor of that, too. And That's uh, not racist, though. That's being considerate of their culture or something, because they have yeah. to be with the other Indians. They can't be with whites. It's so stupid. Even though she's adopted, like, 12 black kids <sighs> yeah. from Africa. but Double standard. Yeah, double standard. But she's really turned out to be a, just another one of Trump's great 
great people he's put into power, like the he put in a judge that's now bringing lawsuits against him. Dropped the ball with Amy Coney Barrett. But then again, I can't fault him too hard for that because I actually, I completely nerded out and watched those entire hearings. And I was, I was very fond of Amy Coney Barrett. So, you know, I worried that she would be kind of, uh, soup. I, I worried that she wouldn't be biased when it came to, uh, like religious stuff. I thought that she was super Catholic. very Catholic. Yeah. But I never would have thought that she would be just on board with the Democrats with a bunch of stuff. That's not something I did not expect, but I think that's her. She got in there and then now she's like, well, now I want to be remembered as this great. It's just career now. So now she's just like, yeah, I'll just do whatever. I'm not going to stir the, stir the boat. Like I don't want to be a Kavanaugh. I want to be loved and remembered. I think, I think that's probably what's going on is just, well, the Supreme Court just just keeps being more and more of a joke at this point. So I, I, who who's even taking him seriously? The federal government doesn't take him seriously. The Biden administration hasn't taken him seriously. So Abbott should just not take him seriously. The supremacy clause is only supposed to happen when they're infringing upon our on our rights, stuff in the Constitution, not, mm-hmm. not oh, the court just decided random. And of course, they're saying whether it's constitutional or not. But it, it's insane. It's they're, they're they're the federal government's charged with protecting the border. Texas is like you're doing a horrible job. We're gonna do, and we've spent. They've spent tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars the past few decades. And they're like, hey, we're we're gonna go ahead and do it. And nope, we're, we're slap you on the wrist. Now we're the Supreme Court's gonna actually do something. We're gonna stop Texas from securing its borders. Just a clown world. Yeah, and even yeah, and that's they say. Okay, the 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 federal government they do have jurisdiction to manage the the internet or the the country's borders this is also a state border so you can't you can't just forget that it's a state border and be like it's a the country's border it's also texas's border so they do i don't know how you don't you don't think that they have the right to step in if the federal government is completely obfuscating its duties but what uh, i i read what two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, people in the assembly last year 300,000 so 300,000 that's that's even more i mean Record These are, high, like you would think I'm, I'm making that number up. Like if we were talking and I didn't know you and I'd be like, what? Like, that's insane. Like there was just no way. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It isn't a well, problem. Especially the feds aren't even stopping people. The feds are just processing people. That's all they are. They have the there's tons of drone footage of the checkpoints. They're literally just processing people. They're not stopping people. They're saying, okay, you're you guys are a family. You guys go over there. You guys are blah blah blah. They're just letting people into processing them and figuring out where to ship them. It's ridiculous. The feds aren't. I I think um, I I don't know. I what do you think happens here? Do you think that Texas stands down? Like I mean, honestly, this is like the type of shit that leads to succession. Well, I will say wheelchair or Abbott. Uh, <laughs> wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, uh, Drake and calls him wheelchair. Uh, since, you know, getting challenged by uh, Colonel Allen West uh, for a, a governorship. Boy, I I'm trying to remember what year. Was that before COVID, I guess? I think um, so, I don't remember. Because since then, he, he, he has stepped up some because I didn't have a, a very high a, opinion of, of wheelchair when, when we lived in Texas. I'm uh, If you recall... Like he went down to one of the, the facilities where there was rape or something going on. Of or that's bad for YouTube. Grape, whoops. Uh, uh, call it what it is. I mean, it's, well, yeah, yeah. Of of like children and stuff. And he went down there with all the you know Texas Rangers and stuff and st- stood down. And and I think I even talked about it way back when, or may- maybe we talked about it being like, listen, if you show up there with your Texas Rangers and there's kids getting messed with and stuff, and you're 
or like just go get them at that point. Like you're the yeah. governor, they're in your state. Who cares if they tell you no? Yeah. That's why you brought your Texas Rangers. <laughs> exactly. But, and I think like at a certain point, if you're gonna bring Texas Rangers or like bring the National Guard in like they did at the border, you can't like either you capitulate and then that show of force was pointless and now they know that you won't bite, yeah. you'll only bark, or you say, No, I brought the National Guard here, I brought the Rangers, I brought these people here with guns, with training, because we are not going to let this stand. Whatever that takes, it's up to you now yeah. how how this escalates. But we're putting a line in the sand. So one of them, either the Texas state government or the federal government, is going to come away from this looking impotent. And I hope it isn't the Texas state government. Yeah. But there's no way. No, they don't both walk away with strength. One of them's going away completely yeah. losing all legitimacy. But I, I hope he stands firm because they seem to turn around and, you know, they... They've, Texas has went hardcore in gun stuff and hammered Austin and, and did a bunch of sh stuff. So I don't know. We'll we'll yeah. We'll just have to see how that and plays out. To be clear, I, the last thing I want is Americans killing Americans. But at some point, there comes a time when it has to be okay. No, Texas needs to defend itself against the federal government. Oh, did your camera? Yeah, I guess I lied about <laughs> getting that other GoPro and I forgot about that. But my point remains: at some point, you have to say okay. This, we're, we're making a stand here, and blood might have to be shed. There is, I am against violence at all costs, but that means that there is some point where violence is necessary. And if if they go down there, or if they if they are down there and they capitulate to the federal government, it's now the government, the federal government will trample them any any which way they want. So I think at this point, you have to say, nope, we're willing to kill Border Patrol agents and feds and succeed from the government. This is more important. My loyalty is to my state, states' rights. Fuck you, federal government. And I don't say that with joy, like, yeah, kill the kill the uh, border patrol agents. I think it's gonna be an tra absolute travesty if American blood is being spilt by Americans. But sometimes when a tyrannical government gets tyrannical, you got to water the tree of liberty with the blood of patriots and tyrants. I'm sorry, that's just a sad state of affairs, and that's the way it is. And Unfortunately, the the people pulling the triggers for the federal government are probably just normal people, but that's the way that's the way it works. Is it's yeah. never it's never the 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 evil parties, the elites on either side. Wars are fought by normal people in the middle. So I don't know. I I I one hundred percent believe that Texas should. Uh, if this comes to violence, I think this is one of those few scenarios where it warrants violence. Yeah, and just look at how Chicago. New York, Philly, all these these other sanctuary cities are, are handling it. They're they're completely changing their tune, and they're just getting a small little tippy toe and and with the problem. So, at this point, stand strong. And with how much jawing Texans do, and the whole state does about Texas, this Texas, that we're a republic. Not a, well, very well. Time to buck up and <laughs> be an example. Then I guess. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. A good point. Setting the example. If they set the example. And they're like, we're not putting up with this. Other states will follow. All you need is one. But the problem is everybody just for the last 200 years has done nothing but capitulate to the government every time it encroaches. Occasionally there'll be a lawsuit or something, but it's just capitulation, capitulation, capitulation. Yeah. When look at some point, it's to stop. I mean, look at Florida, you know, with the DeSantis, you know, he, he set the example of and – with like ATF gun stuff in other states like Tennessee and you know Kentucky and other states across the country have followed you know his example and other states follow others' examples. Mm -hmm. But 
if you can be the uh, blaze a path, other people will just follow the path. Yeah. Exactly. All these guys want easy wins, right? Like they always want to keep getting elected, and I mean, it's all photo shoots. With all this mm-hmm. stuff, photo shoots. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'll we tell go. you what. If he stands up, you know, I guess there's the political drama of oh, he he started violence with the the feds, but it's like he would be a hero in Texas, and the rest of the country would hail Abbott as a hero. But um, anyway, this is just it's just so stupid. The the federal policy of just letting in illegal it's it's beyond stupid. It's corrupt. It's we know what they're doing. When I flew recently uh, to Tennessee through uh, Sky Harbor Airport, and I saw exactly what they were talking about. Just tons of people, immigrants didn't speak any English with packets telling them exactly where to go, instructions, boarding passes that didn't have any names on them, just no IDs, just literally, I mean, planes full of them. Mm-hmm. The entire lobby's full of them, entire entire flight's full of them. Yeah. And it's very obvious what they're doing is they're trying to send them to strategically to very specific places because they could just bust them anywhere to a sanctuary city or whatever. Or, no, th- these are being these immigrants are being weaponized for elections and they're sending them to places where now they're saying, oh, you don't have to have an ID to vote. Like Arizona just got exposed for the, a lot of places you don't have to have a, an ID to vote. So yeah, I, it's so stupid. It's beyond stupid. It's corrupt. It's evil. There is a, there's a pl- clearly a plan going on here in my opinion, but that plays into some stuff later in our show about yeah. the elections and everything. But uh, this is all hogwash. I'm gonna keep saying it, clown world. I've I said it, you know, be, before the break a couple of times. Clown world. This is just a clown world. Whenever I talk yeah. politics w- w- with my buddies now, it's just like, buddy, yeah, <laughs> you're uh, talking elections like our big R Republicans. And it's just, dude, this. Do you see what's going on? Like, and everyone, like, I know everyone says that 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 their time is the worst time or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. It's just, dude, this is literally crazy. It's, yeah, I th- I used to call it hyperbolic when people were saying it inv- it's an invasion, but it is an invasion. It's a, a very peaceful invasion. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, considering the, the increase of, like, rape and stuff that you've seen and uh, lots of these border towns and stuff, I don't know if it's necessarily peaceful, the, the increase in crime and stuff. No, not all illegals are criminals, but they're drastically more more likely to commit violent crimes so in, in a way, it is a violent invasion. But either way, when we're talking about like maybe a, a couple hundred thousand, a, year, a million a year, that's that's still a lot. But when you're talking about 300,000 a month over almost 2 million in a year, or I think in 2023, it was well over uh, 2 million, it was almost 4 million. That is an invasion. I mean, that is a big chunk of your population. And they, they have their own culture. I mean, uh, she, uh, Ben Shapiro's did a, a bunch of good work on uh, like – it, uh, my goodness, I can't speak like immigration. So whether people are from Europe, so they can be from from Norway, anywhere. Yeah. All of those those cultures are a different, and people come over here just expecting that the government is supposed to help them, protect them, do do other stuff. It's just part of, it. and so oh, yeah. per per capita, I mean they they're on more stuff than 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 we are. So I and it makes no sense. Well, that's the thing. That's the. To dispel the myth of oh you're racist because you don't want immigrants you're xenophobic it's like no I will take te- I will take a hundred hardworking Kenyans who aren't going on welfare over a th- 
you know, over 10 Swedish communist Marxist immigrants yeah. who want to come in here and we, we want to live in the United States, but we do not like, we would like to change it to the legislation so that everybody can have a fair gander. No, thanks. I would, yeah. it's not about race. It's not about any of that. It, you're absolutely right. It's about culture. And yeah. when someone comes illegally, they're not buying into the system. Like I've said this before, it's <laughs> someone who, the, it, we should have standards of for citizenship. Now, I, I have opinions, as you'll read my book, anyone that reads it, uh, there's ways to have seasonal labor where we can benefit in taxes with the Bracero program and stuff like that. But as far as citizenship, actually awarding permanent citizenship to people, not just a temporary work visa or something, it should be difficult. You should have to prove something to this country because this country doesn't owe anyone anything. And when you have a process like that, you have a secured border, the only way to come in is legally, and then you ha you can weed out these people who really want to be here. When you just have an open border, you have people who there is no – they don't care about being American. They don't want to be here. They, it's not a challenge. They don't have to do it anything to become a citizen. It's not a, a multi-year process. They don't have to whatever prove that they're bringing jobs. Whatever whatever the case is, whatever we set as the, the immigration standards, they can just say – no, I'm just gonna come there and milk the system, and you know I'm I'm a Mexican, I'm not American. I'll have a flag, or I'm I'm you know Kenyan, I'm whatever, and they fail to adapt, they fail to assimilate, to 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 buy into the country because why would you? If I went to Sweden because they had a bunch of uh, a welfare benefits and I could get them, and I just went there, why? What's my incentive to be like embracing the Swedish culture? I'd just be like. No, I'll milk this till it's dry, and then I'll go back to America or wherever's next. Which like, is why they're stringent on their immigration. That all these places over there in Europe, you know, are stringent on letting yeah people come to that. Unless you're a re war re refugee from the Middle East somewhere. Well, they're it's even they're learning their lesson on that. Like Poland said, no, we're over this. Yeah. People, people are done with the uh, the grooming gangs and the mass rape that the the third world refugees that are all military age males yeah. have come in, like. But anyway, um, I don't want to get bogged down on this anymore. Um, so we got a lot of other stuff to talk to. But real quick, I just thought it was funny. This, I, I think it's beyond stupid. I think it's like intentional corruption. But as far as stupidity, when your policy is so stupid that John John Fetterman is against it, that might say something to you. So John Fetterman changes political identity as he fights Democrats on border. Um, Democrat Senator John Fetterman, who what a mouth breather. I swear to God. Um, shed Pre or post-stroke? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Um, <coughs> label he once proudly espouses, partially due to some liberals' views on immigrations on the southern border. Um, Fetterman has recently become more outspoken on the issue. He said he's no longer a progressive, but just a regular Democrat. Um, he has sounded an alarm on the situation down south, exasperated by a monthly record of 300,000 immigrants being processed in December. Um, there is a crisis, Fetterman told the New York Post last week. Um, so there's not really anything new in that article, but I just thought it was funny. Fetterman has been a pretty radical guy in the in the Democrat Party. He's been people have said he's he's not because he has a few quote unquote based positions, but he's been pretty progressive. And for him to to drop this and be like, no, we gotta do something about the border, that shows how ridiculous it is that even the radical Democrats are starting to to get sick of it. So. Yeah, and if you're on the left and you're just pro open borders and you're, you know, in your 20s, 30s trying to buy a house right now and can't buy a house, it's, <laughs> I don't feel bad for you. You know, it's natural born people aren't even, you know, keeping up with the population, you know, in, in terms of births right now. So, mm -hmm. 
Again, our population's still exploding, though, and our population's getting old, as just like China, as we'll talk about later. But yeah, it just clown world. Yeah, it's unsustainable for sure. Um, of course, as we'll, we'll get to um, the future of the Republican Party, but I wonder if Trump will, if he gets in, will do anything about this. I wonder if he'll let people down again, all of us losers that want him to do something about the border. Um, but either way, uh, speaking about the, the Republican Party, so this he'll was... Just, he'll just build a, a bigger fence around his properties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hire more security. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the race earlier than I predicted. I thought he would make it through New Hampshire. But um, let's see. Ron DeSantis drops out of the 2024 presidential race, endorses Trump. Um, let me see. This Do we know who's getting AI, right? Great an well. advertisement. Um so Manchester, New Hampshire, Ron DeSantis ended his presidential bid, a crushing defeat for a figure who once represented the strongest hope for Republicans wanting to move past Donald Trump, but one who misread the former president's durability, um, overestimated his own political skill and struggled through reboot after reboot. Or um, interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer. I just want to see what he said. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. Let's see where he, I'm just curious what he said about Trump specifically. I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a, a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. Well, that wasn't exactly what I, I wanted, but you get the point. Um, and he, he did um, endorse Trump. Here's, uh, let me see. Um, yeah, so he said, and I quote, let's see this from an NPR article. Um, that's probably going to be super annoying to listeners. Uh, let's see. He, Trump, has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form or warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. So he's bowed out. He's endorsed Trump. Here's my question. How does this change my New Hampshire predictions? And do you think that the Trump base will support DeSantis? Or the DeSantis base will support Trump? Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, it'll all be water under the bridge eventually. I mean, they're not going to vote for Biden. Sure, some of them will, but I think anyone that was like truly just hardcore, we need something new, freedom, libertarian, they went Vivek. I mean, because I like DeSantis more than Trump, and then as soon as I found Vivek, it was, okay, well, now I'm, I'm a Vivek guy. So Yeah. Um, Especially because DeSantis, he kind of, like, I, 
I was going to actually do this week a, a deep dive into DeSantis to figure out if I, I liked him as a candidate because like a, I was curious about the changing laws for him to be able to run. They used to – you'd have to resign from governor, but now it's pointless, so I'm not going to waste time doing that. But I was like you um, up until very recently. I like – he was my first pick, and then when I discovered Vivek, Vivek went to number one, then DeSantis, then Trump. And boy, people are going to hate that I said that. But again, it's based off the policy. It's not an emotional thing. I listened to his announcement. I thought it was very good. I thought he was focused on the right things. I don't care that he was low energy. But um, yeah, I think uh, as far as his his base, I I think that there will be some, just the, the people who will, will support anyone who's Republican, but I think a lot of people are going to be pissed off at, at Trump. And I think a lot of people are not going to buy it. And I think maybe they don't vote for Biden, but I think they definitely, definitely vote, uh, or don't vote or abstain or write someone in. So I do think that this hurts Trump. I think that his war with DeSantis probably, I mean, DeSantis only was polling at like six to 8%. So you figure half of those probably are just going to go go with Trump anyway. But even if half don't, I mean, that's still a, a significant amount of voters across the country, you know? But yeah, well, those, <clears throat> well, those people, I mean, they're, those people aren't going to go then vote for Biden though. I mean, they'll, they'll go vote for the, the libertarian or something. No, but what I'm thinking of is as, as we'll get to, um, Later, uh, first off, the elections are going to be close anyway, um, and there could be cheating. So it's like we really can't afford to lose any votes on the right. So if if DeSant if a big chunk of DeSantis's base or a notable chunk of DeSantis's base won't support Trump just out of principle, that will I think affect Trump. And when you think about too, Nikki Haley she, right now. I think I said uh, I thought she would get about 40%. She's going to get some of DeSantis's supporters in New Hampshire. So that brings that a little bit closer. The more the longer she stays in and the more support she gets, the more people are going to be like the more people that she will sour on Trump. So like all these people DeSantis like Trump waging war with DeSantis, Nikki Haley, all these people, which I think rightly so with Nikki Haley, it will I think in the end end up siphoning some of his base. I just don't see it being a, a enough to actually matter at this point. I mean, clearly people are just going with name recognition, who they know. Sure, there's some people that, that actually know what's what's actually going on. But at, at the end of the day, I, like, I th again, the like hardcore people, like, I just don't see them going to either of them. I see them going to, again, Vivek or some other weird third party. The, 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 again, like mostly passionate people. Like I still think you would have more of the Vivek supporters again. Are still I still think are all pretty much going for a Trump. I think you would have more of them that didn't, you know, wouldn't go for Trump personally. Be, just because, again, the people I know that all like Vivek were pretty crazy freedom guys, and you know, like sure, a few of our are buddies like Trump. A few of my buddies also really do not like Trump at all, but like Vivek. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Well, all the DeSantis guys I know like like Trump too. So. Well, I think, and, th and that's of course all personal. I'm just saying this mm -hmm. a, a, a amongst the young people. We got friends in a bunch of different states. I'm in 20 different group chats, you know, yeah. from the Marine Corps that has different people from every state in there. That mm -hmm. people add their civilian buddies in every state. So it's just, yeah. I don't well, know. I think I think what'll tell us a lot will be New Hampshire. If 
that like eight eight percent ish that DeSantis had in New Hampshire or where he was polling at, which the the primaries are tomorrow. I think that'll tell us a lot. If Nikki Haley gets that support, I think that. Well, then again, the the thing about New Hampshire is that there's there's like three hundred thousand registered Republicans, but there's like four hundred thousand registered Independents who are allowed to vote, who are probably more likely to decide with Haley over Trump. So, it's not a complete litmus test if Haley does very well in New Hampshire that there's going to be a lot of people who are against mm. Trump, and it also doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that if it's Trump versus Biden that a lot of those people won't still vote for we, for Trump. But I, I don't know. I just it's something to pay attention to for sure. I think who's Haley's base? Have we looked into? The, I haven't looked at all into like any data on who says they're voting for her, who's polled or whatnot. Like the ex- well, that's a that's another good point. Is there's who, theories who, that it's voting for nothing but Democrats and independents and like there's where there's theories that the. It's Democrats are trying to get her elected by making Democrats switch and vote in the primaries, which, you know, could be true. So I guess I just thought about women too, potentially like maybe right leaning women or like, hey, because I, I don't know, just a complete random thought like are, are women are right leaning women like who are like screw Trump voting for Nikki Haley? I, I honestly don't know. But it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I don't have enough. I'm trying to quickly look at it right now. But. Yeah, well, you can look it up. But I'll talk about this next thing. Um so a quick correction slash credit where credit is due and also something that'll relate to Trump. Um, they failed. House Free- Freedom Caucus members blame blame ugh. House Freedom Caucus member blames Trump and GOP for border struggles. So an ultra conservative member of the House Republican majority is laying blame for the surge of immigrants at the southern border, not at the feet of President Joe Biden, but on his fellow Republicans, namely former President Donald Trump. Uh, during a recent interview with Fox Business, Neil Cavuto, Representative Chip Roy of Texas, who sits on the right, the far right House Freedom Caucus, took his party to task for failing to take decisive action on the border while they were in power. Um, that's who last week I showed a video of him reaming the Democrats. Um, but he said, I would acknowledge President Trump failed along with Republicans Paul Ryan and the guys. They failed in 2018 to actually move a border security bill to tighten this, so we aren't dealing with this crisis right now, Roy said. They failed to actually get the wall built. President Trump signed 12 continuing resolutions, and after he said he would never sign another one if they didn't give him the money to to finish building the wall. Um, so I don't want to just sit here and bash on Trump because um, I'm I actually – as we'll see later, there's some things that I, I'm, you know, good Trump, bad Trump. I'm very happy with some stuff Trump said recently. But um, I just wanted to issue that correction because I I said specifically, let's not just focus on the Democrats with all this spending stuff. Let's focus on the Republicans. And this is something where I think it's it's good. They call him far right and crazy and he's attacking his own. But it's good to see someone on the right calling out, hey, you know, even though he he supports Trump, he supports the Republicans, he wants the Republicans to win. He's been very open about that. He's also like, hey, we have a responsibility to do some of this stuff to fix the border to blah, 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 blah. That's good to see. And I was wondering um, if Trump gets in talking about this border stuff, do you think that pressure because he didn't really get a lot of pressure from inside his own party about 
this specific issue, like no one really held him to account over building the wall. It was all because they were all wrapped up in the impeachment stuff. Do you think that maybe it's escalated to a point now where his own party, he'll get pressure from inside the party to really focus on building the wall and securing the border? Because that's one thing where we're like, okay, well, I think that Trump had an opportunity to do a lot of stuff and failed. Why do I think he's going to now? I think that this was one area where now we may actually get some good border border policy out of him. Not that we didn't get some before, but like I think maybe maybe now it's to a point where he'll actually take it seriously and not just call people losers for caring about the border. What do you think? Uh, I think he he'll get some pushback, sure, from the border states that the, the house reps down there. It's gonna be a big issue for uh, them, but I don't know if just like I. Don't, I'm not sure that the average person, like the average young guy at work, is paying attention and realizing that everything costs a little bit more more right now. You know, they just have less money. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not, sh- you know, if you aren't paying attention to politics that much, you know, sure, we're just, you know, this is insane. These these numbers, it, it's unsustainable. But if you're just living in Tennessee somewhere, you know, and just a, a welder somewhere, yeah, uh, you're 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 not really gonna know that. And at this point, I mean. I said it, uh, or I guess I didn't say it on last episode because it, it didn't air. But <laughs> yeah. the uh, you know, he he didn't get the uh, a vote because uh, people didn't even know really who who he was. Everyone just went straight for uh, Trump. Everyone just just loves him. It's kind of a cult following. So yeah, I'm not sure what he could do to actually like actually have heat at this point because you know the left's coming at him so hard people are just giving him passes for 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 every, you you called it reverse trump derangement de- yeah, de- derangement syndrome. syndrome i cannot speak my lord no it's okay but good. uh i don't i smoke weed i got you know fog brain that i don't smoke smoke <laughs> weed and i just stutter nonstop. my goodness <laughs> oh it happens i i get what you're saying i think i guess maybe um I look at it like, oh, he'll get pressure from the Republicans inside of his party. But then again, when is Trump ever given a damn about what the Republicans in the party have to say? So it would be just the base that would have to hold him. The swamp. Yeah, he'll just call him the swamp. The rhinos. So I guess, yeah, that's a good point. It doesn't really matter if the Republicans in Congress hold, quote unquote, hold him to account. He won't feel that pressure. He could care less. So, but either way, I hope that. We at least bitch about the border enough, like we the people, to where he'll listen. Because some man, Texans, that's, yeah, you know, yeah, because man, something <laughs> really does need to be done. But we've talked about the border a lot now, um, and Santa's not that interesting. Um, we knew he wasn't going to win, but um, I am curious to see how this how this factors in with Haley. Not because I think that Haley will win, but just because I think. You know, one thing affects another thing, affects another thing, affects another thing. I think that the more powerful Haley is now, the more echoes of her influence will fuck with Trump in the future. But um, yeah. maybe not. But again, because, you know, she might not have near as much influence now as we think. But when she drops out, though, that she, she'll still endorse him, though, you know, right? I don't know. I mean, she is. She Went is after him. Yeah, but radical. it's politics. But she's like, yeah, but she's. Because I mean, I mean she, she Bernie. Wants, she, I well, Look what I'm Bernie. thinking about, yeah. But what I'm thinking about is she's so establishment, so in love with war, so in love with big spending. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if she would be able to even physically endorse him without throwing up. She's such a evil woman. Not that Trump's a great guy, but like she's so just establishment politician. I really. 
I don't know that she she would. I mean, maybe she will, and it'll be politics, and she'll just psychopath wipe it. Just I feel nothing now. Oh, I endorse Trump because this is good for my career. But like, she stands against everything Trump stands for. But because you know that the Republican Party, you know, even if they don't like Trump, they're not going to want the other side to win. So yeah, they're going to be pushing her. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know. There's a lot of. There's a lot of bitter feelings. It's hard, too, because I'm in the, the echo chamber of Twitter where I'm seeing all these people saying, I won't vote for X because of this. I will never vote for X. It's like, how many of those people really mean it? So I guess yeah. I got to quit putting too much stock in people's resolve. I think at the end of the day, they really will just eat up the, the Republican versus Democrat binary at the ballot box. But, of course, none of this matters um, if Trump doesn't get elected. Um, or maybe even if he does, does win the primary, it won't matter. Um, so the reason I say this is because in my opinion and many, many experts opinions, election security is at an all time low. Um, of course you had people like Carrie Lake who were making millions of dollars running around saying, we're going to blah, blah, blah. We got to protect the border. We're bringing lawsuits, donate to this fund, blah, blah, all that release the Kraken stuff. And we're going to, we're going to, uh, go in and we're going to fix election security. Well, then you had a few months ago, uh, Rep- Representative Crane from here in Arizona goes on Tim Pool and says, no, election security is at an all-time low. And I remember people got mad at us in the comments for quote-unquote punching right, but I said, this is all smoke screens. They're just making money, selling this narrative. Nothing is being done. This is all lip service. It's all pretend. Stop buying into it. Like, yeah, we're securing our borders. And uh, turns out that that's true. Not only is Arizona less secure now than ever, you don't have to have an ID, but also there's this story. So professor and election expert Jay Halderman hacks into Dominion voting machine in court on Friday in Georgia in front of Judge Totenberg using only a pen to change vote totals. Um, So in June 2023, the federal district court uh, for the Northern District of Georgia, unsealed the 96-page Halderman Report, the security analysis of Georgia's image cast X ballot marking devices. Um, Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, had been hiding this report from the public for two years. University of Michigan professor of computer science and engineering, J. Alex Halderman, and security researcher and assistant professor at Auburn University, Drew Stringle, collaborated on the report where they discovered many exploitable vulnerabilities in the Dominion voting system's image cast X system. Uh, Far-left judge Amy Totenberg sealed and covered up the results of the investigation of Dominion voting machines in Georgia and sat on the report until this week. Now, why would she want to do that, I wonder? Um... I mean, maybe there's nothing to it, but goddamn if the Democrats don't know how to give the conspiracy theorists what they want. Yeah, um, where's your tinfoil hat at, bro? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so here's a copy of the Halderman Report, released in June. Um, so you guys can go look at that if you want. I'm not going to go through 50 pages or 90 pages. Um, but yeah, long story short, the dude was able to hack into it with a pen and change change the uh, vote tallies, change each individual vote. Um, so go look into that story if you're curious because, man, the, the thing is they'll say, okay, well, this will be exposed. Well, it won't matter because in swing states where they have a lot of local districts that are, you know, uh, uh, blue or maybe swing states where now – part of that state is, or that state currently, the legislator is blue. Well, they'll just say, oh, we're allowed to use these. And then that state will never, never be red again. So in the blue areas, in the swing areas, 
you if they'll absolutely go through and they'll call it right wing conspiracies and they'll they'll allow these Dominion voting machines and then I'm mm-hmm. not saying that they'll hack every election, but I'm just saying no one will ever trust any of these elections again because it won't be about whether it's secure or not. It'll be about well, the Republicans say that these these voting machines are bad, so they're just a bunch. They're just trying to rig the election. They're a bunch of election deniers, and that we we gotta use these machines. They're fine. We're not gonna buy into the the false you know the false narratives of the Democrats. So I I think that uh, this is not good because now it's confirmed that these voting machines are absolutely not secure. So anywhere they're at, no one's going to trust the elect- election. And why would they? Like, why would they? There's, there's absolutely no reason to. That, and then if you just do a, a little bit of digging, and, and even, you know, even, like, uh, comedians like Crowder, he has did, uh, you know, sent people, all, you know, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, places to look up addresses where people supposedly voted from, and there's nothing there. It's either a dirt lot or an industrial building or just, you yeah. know, just something dumb. And it, you just keep seeing that over and over and over again. And then, you know, nothing, uh, who says, or was it a dad or Gavin and them all sunlights the, the best yeah. did disinfect it. And it's, we got zero of that. And now everyone's just so, uh, in what, 2016, you know, it's, it's Russia, Russia, Russia. And then our, our side does it, you know, in a 2020, What's 2024 going to look like? It's going to be absolute chaos, and who knows? It might just you know, be Mad Max out there in the streets and just evolve into the summer of love yeah. but in November. <laughs> well, my opinion, I think that they both sides want unsecure elections, not, on, not because they can cheat, but because if people don't feel secure about the elections, what do they care? All they care about is their base, just making sure their base votes for them. They're not ever, they're not interested in getting votes across the aisle. So if the Republicans, every time they lose an election, can bitch to their audience and their base and be like, the elections, blah, 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 it's been stolen, Trump, Russia. And then if the right, every time they steal it, or every time that they lose an election, they could be like, the left has stolen the election, blah, blah, blah. They That's great for them. That's great for them. If there's not actually large scale um election fraud, which maybe they'll check, but either way, they want us to not have secure, um, feel secure about the election. So that's why I don't trust any of this, any of this bullshit where, you know, um, who was that? the Kraken lady, the, all the people who have just turned on Trump for the election stuff, all the people like the Carrie Lakes. So now, like, what, what do you have to show for all of those lawsuits? Everything you did, all those millions, tens of millions of dollars you took in donations, absolutely nothing secure. The elections in Arizona will be less secure than they were in 2020 and 2016. So it's all, it's all lip service. And I think it's because neither side really wants anyone to feel secure about the elections because they don't care about the elections really. What they care about is just staying in office, getting votes, getting, getting funding, getting people donating. So it's infuriating, but we'll see. Um, either way. Yeah. I hope that, uh, something gets figured out and we just go to paper ballots because I don't like the idea of people not having any faith in the election system that spells trouble. And that leads us closer to civil conflict to, you know, like the kangaroo court stuff that we talked about with them, just hurling stuff at Trump nonstop. And we said, when you don't do that to to everybody, right, it starts looking like a banana Republic. Well, Mm -hmm. you don't have, Security elections. It's it's like uh, 
What's uh, uh, in uh, the uh, dictator movie with uh, Sasha Baron and what's, what's oh, yeah. his dictator? Well, I can't remember his his a country, but when you know, I think the, it's a made up country. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I know. But uh, you know, there at the end when, when they have elections and the tank just comes across, you know, and it's <laughs> yeah. just like you you might as well just do that at that point because it's just gonna be whoever can cheat better. So yeah. Pretty much, and we know who will cheat better. The Republicans are not very good at politicking on average. No. But um, anyway, some more stuff to be annoyed about. So um, let's see. The Right now, the Republicans, part of all these spending bills is they're fighting to try and get uh, – they can't agree on the Republicans want funding for the southern border. The Democrats want funding for Ukraine. They Neither one of them wants to bundle it all together. Um, so right now they're fighting over that. Um, but luckily the EU is stepping in to ramp things up with Russia. Um, so the EU tackles new $22 billion plan to boost Ukraine military aid. Um, no waste. Yeah. So Europe, European Union officials will this week start tackling a new plan to unlock tens of billions of dollars in military assistance for Ukraine Seeking to revamp a critical aid program bogged down by internal divisions, the EU move comes across after a number of European countries have increased their bilateral military assistance to Ukraine, even as the Biden administration is hamstrung by Congress on providing large-scale assistance. Um, it comes as Ukraine's military is being pushed onto the defensive across parts of the front line. In the absence of fresh U.S. assistance, Ukrainian and Western officials warn that Russia has a large and growing advantage in manpower, ammunition, and other basic war materials. Um, look, this is infuriating to me because I'm sick of war. I've been saying it. it I swear it looks like somebody wants war, like massive conflict. And I, I've written about this, how... We're just escalating things with Russia. And then now, like Alex Jones is covering, you know, World War Three and how uh, Britain's saying that it'll start in the next, could start as soon as the next month or by next February, war in the Middle East, that'll spark World War. Germany's preparing for World War Three. Like, we're doing all, all this stuff. And as, as the Middle East is escalating, as... There's tensions in China that I talked about last last week with Taiwan. Apparently, Xi Jinping wants to be a lot more aggressive on Taiwan than we thought, but actually is just getting rid of generals who are holding him back. Um, now, on top of this, the, EU, the EU is going to step in and the losing battle. Ukraine is not going to win. Like this is what what is the end state here? We're just escalating this. Just can, either A, we're prolonging this conflict that will eventually end with Russia getting what they want anyway, or we're escalating it to, okay, we're just going to have world war with Russia. And I'm to a point where now, uh, w one of our first episodes, we said there won't be a world war three. This is crazy. I think that we were wrong and we underestimated how crazy, not stupid, how crazy these people are in power. I think that they want a world war. There's yeah. no other explanation. This is beyond stupidity. At this point, and now it's not just the U.S. You can talk about the U.S. being dumb. The entire EU stepping in to escalate. The, you're telling me there's not one person there at the EU who understands this is a bad idea. When, you don't think there's one person there who knows that Putin's not going to attack Poland? Absolutely not. I, I refuse to believe they're all that dumb. Yeah. But we'll just keep uh, doing it. They're they're recruiting uh, 48 and 50 year olds now to fight. So. It, Every single, even with our Bradleys and tanks and air and everything we've done, 
every single one of their offenses. And numbers-wise, we have talked about it before in the show. The Calgary numbers, we don't believe that it's nearly what they're saying, but it's but we act who who knows because both sides are reporting such different things, you know. So either way, at this point, it's a lot, and it doesn't matter how many Ukrainians are dying. They're like on on their assaults, they are just getting wiped of people, and they don't have people. And of course, obviously, Alaska, there's videos in of, of like Europe, right? There's just mm-hmm. Ukrainian young Ukrainian men and women everywhere, but mm-hmm. they don't have the people. <laughs> they don't have. I, Russia is doing what they did to Germany and to or to uh, Finland and the 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 winter war. You know, just oh, we lost people, we lost tanks. Oh no, we uh, we lost our old T sixty four. It's like oh no, this is so bad. And our old BT ones and twos, and we lost some people. They don't care. <laughs> they don't yeah. care at all. <laughs> yeah, they're going to beat the attrition because no matter how much aid we give Ukraine, at the end of the day, without U.S. people there fighting, without Europeans there fighting. There has to be Ukrainians fighting, and there's only so many Ukrainians. It's not a big crunchy to begin with. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's just, honestly, if forget all of the conspiracies, all of that stuff. Just from a pragmatic perspective, it's cruel to continue prolonging this conflict. It's cruel on the Ukrainian people. It's cru- cruel on the Russians who don't want to fight, who are being drafted. All of these people who are dying for no reason. There's no what the end result of this is going to be. Russia's going to have some areas that were already ethnically Russian that wanted to be Russian anyway. Ukraine's they're going to have a smaller area, but still the vast majority of their area. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. Depending now, they might might lose more of it than they would have initially with peace talks. But I think a big part of this is Zelensky's just a power hungry monster. Like he should have just conceded, but he won't. He's got that. He feels like that little kid that's got his big brother next to him and is just, like, picking on everybody. It's like he knows no one's going to mess with him, but it's like, man, you're just so many people dying for these tyrants. And I'm all for standing up, doing all that stuff, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. if America was here, I'd never live under occupation. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't know what that would be like. But saying I have a problem with the Ukrainians. Yeah, it's just it, they cannot win, and— you know, every single president since the 90s or the federal government has made deals upon deals upon deals with Russia. And that's where we say, again, unprovoked, all this other dumb stuff is, you know, when the kings in general, my favorite YouTube, do they unprovoked? It's just like, no, we just keep breaking trees over and over and over again. You know, we <laughs> uh, the uh, vice president, Harris, is saying on the uh, that, that that she's going to bring them in, you know, to to the to, to the U.N. and, and NATO and, and everything. And enough was just enough, and they didn't actually do stuff. So we just kept breaking our word, but we didn't actually want to. We don't actually want Ukraine to be part. We don't actually want to pit, pit, pit troops there. It's it, it's everything but. We want to be in their backyard, but not be fully there. And it's just again, it's, the it's same one foot crap in, one that, foot out. It's the same crap that has just made the complete last twenty years of war in Iraq and Afghanistan pointless. This foot in, foot out. Either, like, I, I'll be honest, I don't like the whole turn it into a parking lot, that sort of thing. But there is, if you're going to fight a war, fight a war. If not, don't get half involved in a war because all you do is stoke the flames enough to just keep it going and just a slow trickle of death. It's We either get involved, I don't, I don't want us to get involved with Russia, but we either get involved, beat Russia, push them out of Ukraine, or we say, not our problem. Because either it is... You cannot invade a sovereign state, and America must do whatever it takes. Like all these politicians, we have to do it. It's a sovereign state, and we care. Okay, well then, fine. 
then it's time for troops, our troops, for all of us to get sent back over there with a bunch of 18-year-olds and die fighting Russians. Or you just leave it alone. Like, you know, but we we just cannot pick. <laughs> it's, well, that's where it comes down to end state. Yeah. It's not our problem. And we don't care what the end state of that country is. Our end state is we don't want to get involved. Or our end state is Ukraine has to have all the land and has to win the war. Okay, well, you can't have an end state of like, we'd really like Ukraine to win and we're going to do what we can to help them out. That's not the way it works. I mean, you can do that, but that all that does, one of those things is going to happen. Ukraine is going to win or lose and you're just going to, you're not going to change the tide if Ukraine's going to, to lose anyway, which they are. Without us stepping in, aid isn't going to help them. So now all you're doing is keeping it alive, the conflict alive just enough to just kill more people. Yeah, which in the long run will screw Ukraine for centuries. <laughs> All the people that they've lost, they're just extending the fighting, keeping them from rebuilding. That's just gonna be way worse on the country too. It's it's worse for Ukraines, Ukrainians to to keep giving them aid. Whereas, yeah, I, I'm still just kind of convinced that that we're we're there just because we we don't like Russia and. A bunch of our elites have made a crap ton of money in Ukraine and all the resources that are there. So. Oh, yeah. They already – they own – I guarantee you if you went and looked at – well, I know some of these. I, I don't have any articles put up right now, but um, all of the – there's already contracts bought for by U.S. companies that all these politicians have stock in. Same thing they did with an, uh, Iraq. Before the invasion, they already had contracts of who was going to rebuild the city, who was going to come in and fix everything, re redo the infrastructure. They already have those contracts in Ukraine. So the more the destruction happens, the more money that is for them on the back end. And if you don't think that that's simple enough of a motive for them to, to fuel war – Absolutely it is for these blood-sucking monsters. You don't think that Nikki Haley would absolutely... What does she care? Okay, uh, a couple thousand a couple thousand more people die, and then she gets an extra, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars out of that because the stock rises because that acreage gets rebuilt. Like, that, these people are that evil. <laughs> but anyway... Um, and guess who's going to pay for that? Like, how much do you bet? Okay, America pays for everything, so it's just just like with, with all this, who's going to be funding it? Us, the taxpayers. Yeah, for it'll all, be all the world's problems. American companies, but they won't be getting paid by Ukraine. They'll be getting paid by aid dollars from the U.S. So we're funding the we're funding the war. Then we're funding the cleanup crews, and then we're funding the paying of of those cleanup crews. It's just it's bullshit. <laughs> it's people should be so over this this Europe stuff. Screw you, EU, for escalating this conflict more. Um, but anyway, uh, now on the topic of world war, um, China and Taiwan has been a big topic of mine because I think more than Iran, more than any of these, what I really don't want ha to happen is war with China. And I think that any us getting involved in a hot conflict with Russia, with Iran, I think eventually leads to China getting involved. If nothing else, just because I don't think America can navigate international affairs well enough to keep from starting a war with China once we start putting boots on the ground and invading countries again. Um, and China is very different now than they were in 2001 and 2003. Um, but before we talk about that, I'm going to go take a piss real quick. Um, do you need to take a piss at all? Or are you good? I'll, I'm going to grab some water. All right. Let me pause our time. All right. We are back. Uh, I had to take a quick pee break. Also, my vision was starting to get a little 
Ooh, so I had to take a little stare at something green for a while. Do you ever was that the military where they they taught us that? Where you <laughs> yeah, if like you're staring at something for too long, just get something green and look at it and it'll, like refocus your vision. Um, that works. But so on the topic of war and specifically our chances of winning a world war, the outcome of that, um, which would include China. Uh, I want to talk about the communist nation's strength. So. Um, first, what do you, well, I guess we'll, it'll be kind of a conversation. You don't have to give me any of the thoughts at once. Um, what are your thoughts on China? Uh, I asked, cause I really want to know what you think. Yesterday I talked about how they will take Taiwan when the world war kicks off, but now I see that stuff, stuff that indicates they're weak. Um, so basically that little note to myself was saying, I've been talking about China. They want to attack Taiwan. They want to destroy the U S but I'm also seeing a lot of stuff that indicates that they're weak. So our first paper tiger. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff indicating that they're a paper tiger, um, which doesn't necessarily mean that they wouldn't want war because, you know, a desperate enemy tends to be more aggressive. But um, and the demographics of their population right now in terms of age. But we'll we'll, we'll get yeah, into that. There's one. I just want to evaluate their. See, I, I want to know if they're strong or if they really are a paper tiger. So. This is the first article from the Wall Street Journal. Um, China's China's growth slows to three-decade low, excluding pandemic. Um, a festering property market meltdown offsets much of the benefits of economies post much of the benefit of economies post-pandemic recovery. Um, so China's economic growth rate finished at one of the lowest levels in decades last year, underscoring the heavy toll that a property sector collapse and weak consumer confidence have taken on the world's second largest economy, despite the uplifting of all COVID-19 restrictions. Um, gross domestic product in China expanded 5.2% in the fourth quarter and for the full year in 2023, according to data released by the National Bureau of Statistics on Wednesday. The reading confirmed a number uttered by P Premier Lin Kuang a day earlier at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, an unusual disclosure of a high-profile data point by a senior leader before its formal release. Um, so the point is, it's low. I was, <laughs> they're going to take a while to get there, but um, China's economies last year recorded one of its slowest gr growth rates since 1990. Um, so 5.2% is is very low from what they were expecting. Um, second article, um, China's economy limps into 2024 until China's property market and income growth find a firmer footing. Its growth will be subpar. China's economy grew 5.2% last year. Like we just discovered after expanding just 3% in 2022 for investors used to Used to pre-pandemic rates of 6% or more, this is a remarkably weak performance, bearing a big policy shift through 2024, which will probably bring more of the same, especially considering they're already experimenting with new COVID. So they're probably going to start a new pandemic and they'll have to do their lockdown policies again. But the COVID that actually kills us, the, the one that we're like, yeah, screw the vaccine. Yeah, <laughs> and then we all die. Well, it has a 100% kill rate in mice. <laughs> Dead ass. But um, let's see, there were a few bright spots in the monthly data for December released Wednesday. Year-over-year -year growth in investment after eight straight months of deceleration leveled off in November and ticked up modestly last month. That fits with somewhat easier monetary conditions since November. Um, November 2, growth in outstanding debt and equity finance rose 9.5%, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so just more, their economy is not doing well. 
This is another article from Newsweek. And I know I'm just giving you all these so you guys can go look into it more because I am by no means um, an economics specialist. I'm just – this is the stuff I'm seeing now when I looked up China's economy. It's all pretty much negative. Um, so Except for their energy produ- – I mean they're just – massive nuclear reactor one every two to three months and then other that's part of the communist party they can drop a lot of money and whatever the state deems necessary <laughs> yeah but is it sustainable even in question? places it's not needed they're dropping it and those, those ghost city well they have like stuff, yeah, entire cities yeah but i would argue that's a, a bad mismanagement of resources a hundred percent yeah but let's see china's china's stock market is in free fall um, after a rocky couple of year, after a co- rocky couple of years, I can't talk now. For the Chinese economy, the country's stock market appears to be in a free fall now, with authorities asking institutional investors not to sell stocks in an attempt to stabilize share prices as foreigners are pulling out. Um, on Monday, Chinese equities dipped after the country's central bank decided to keep its medium-term policy rate unchanged at 2.5 percent, failing to cut interest as was widely expected by investors. Uh, the country's CSI 300 was at its lowest level since 2019, a record only previously beaten in October 2023. Um, today's the index was up by 0.006% compared to Monday. This is all, this doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I don't really understand all this, to be honest. Maybe you do more, but um, this is the stuff that I do understand that's really a big problem is not there, just economy now. Well, a big problem, from what I understand, and we're going to get into this. A big problem in markets is confidence. One of the problems with the confidence in the Chinese market is that their labor force is going to dwindle. They're going to have too many old people, not enough young people, because people are not giving birth. Um, and young people aren't getting jobs. Is for, this For decades, too. So first they had the one-child policy and then culturally just kind of maintained. So it's a... It isn't even just a oh, just the past ten years, you know, twenty years they've they've had some 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 issues here. It's for a, a while, but they they uh, because of that one child policy as well, and, and with the culture, mm-hmm. the one thing going for them is that they have a bunch of young men. Um, I mean, I've seen numbers of like literally like uh, people under like thirty or thirty five. It was like you know twenty something million more men than women. Just that's insane. It is, and so idle hands, men that don't have women to go chase or go do something. They <laughs> that is a giant problem that they have. In one words, sure the the economy might not be perfect and and, and everything else, but a war. Solves a lot of that problem, gets rid of that, and we know that the Chinese don't do. mind. The Chinese have zero problem. Problems, taking care of problems, even if those problems are people or groups of people like Uyghur Muslims. So that's a good point. I didn't think about that because I saw uh, 1.9 million babies were born last year in China. You know, it's a country of like one and a half billion people, um, which is just not sustainable. It's like they're going to be one. The the rate is just absolutely plummeting of uh, old people to working young people. Yeah. But even like you said, culturally, too, the young people who are there. They're Men. they're not working and they're not they're not reproducing their um so here is this. I just wanted to see a little bit of this. China's youth unemployment figure surprising, economist says. I didn't know exactly because what this there was, are but. a number of discouraged the fresh graduates that went back to their home and stopped looking for a job. Um, but I can also see the efforts from all levels of government. They try to expand the government employment 
and ask SOEs to take in as many youth unemployment, workers as 14.9%. So it is a and that's in a country with sweatshops. So there's lots of employment really available. Economic fundamentals. And this okay. year there will be more okay. graduates coming out. So yeah, it's exactly. going to be Exactly. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking about college graduates, so this data comes with a caveat, at least from the line that I'm picking up on Reuters, it says, uh, let me get it to you verbatim. It says basically that the youth unemployment number for December stands at 14.9%, excluding college passouts. I don't know what passouts. You are. want to react to that very quickly? I, ju I just want to pick that line. I just missed it. Yeah, okay. I got it. Uh, so the survey-based jobless rate for uh, the age of between 16 to 24 stands at 14.9%, excluding college students. Well, that is relatively low, uh, than, lower than a market expectation. But for low-skilled job workers, um, it's not very difficult to land on a job. It's just the average wage is pretty low. Um, for high-skilled uh, high work uh, jobs, it is a lot more difficult to land on a good one um, because IT industry is shrinking, finance industry is shrinking. But if you're looking for a service job in the cities towards the lower end, it hasn't been very difficult in 2023. They're not the jobs that people want, and AI is probably going to disrupt that even more. Can I just ask you, though, because, you know, and we've talked about this so many times before, but just in terms of we have so much stimulus that has been afforded, and, and everyone can talk about the, the lags in transmission, but really... Right, I don't know where all they're going, but the point is there's a lot of young people in China not working. They're not having babies. The economy is not doing well right now on just standard metrics. And then this is another story. So... China deals major blow to Russian economy. Um, so China's state-owned banks are tightening curbs on funding to Russian clients as they fear being subjugated to secondary sanctions from the U.S., according to a Tuesday report by Bloomberg. At least two banks have ordered a review of their Russian businesses in recent weeks and plan to sever ties with clients on the U.S. sanction list. The banks will also stop providing financial services to the Russian military sector, according to sources familiar with the matter. And review companies, including non-Russian clients doing business in Russia or sending critical goods to Russia through a third country. So basically, because of U.S. sanctions, they're you know trying to distance themselves from Russia. It's interesting what that says to me is it kind of speaks to all this stuff about if they can't, if if they're trying to get around our sanctions, our sanctions actually have an effect on them that that indicates some of their strength and where some of their strength is at. So at least for right now, you know. Uh, <laughs> Because ultimately, I mean, sanctions would, would hurt them way worse than uh, Russia since they're a producer. You know, they manufacture just so much stuff. But as we saw with uh, Russia, it, they took a hit that then the ruble shot up and has been high. You know, it was, you know, the highest rising currency in, what, 22 or last year or so now two years ago. Um, but so right now they still sell us a lot of stuff. But yeah. As this whole BRICS thing keeps growing, which is uh, we've, we've uh, talked about in the show, you know, more energy interdependence. Russia keeps setting up more natural gas and uh, drilling. They keep building relationships with Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Brazil. They keep getting more, more and more uh, pork and a beef from Brazil, just like we do. As all that kind of happens, you know, maybe they can. Again, I still don't think that that they're going to have a war with us. You know, all that, as the case you just pointed out, but. Um, I don't know. They also might not be as, as afraid of us, especially as we keep getting weaker and weaker and weaker. They might also 
you know, find other ways to sell their products. They're moving throughout the, the entire Pacific right now, and mm -hmm. they're trying to smooth things back over with India, right? So after their little border disputes, so. Gotcha. So I see I see all of this, and I think, oh, maybe they're they're not not as strong as I I thought. You think maybe probably yes they they're going through a rough patch, but they're we're also weaker. We're, yeah. we're way weaker than than we were twenty years ago, and it's they've grown in industry. So despite all these other issues, I mean they've been hammering their own currency and doing the type of dumb stuff that we've did to our own currency for for you know a super long time as as well. So I don't know overall. Weak, yes, and weaker, but you know, and yes, don't don't have the biggest military, don't have all this stuff, have massive population issues. But at the end of the day, still have a lot of people, and over the course of the past fifty years, have you know, since the Great Leap Forward, have just mm -hmm. continued to increase their manufacturing capabilities, and and like I said, they have the two biggest dockyards in the world. Uh, so I, it's just they still have some capability. I think they're more of a sleeping giant than we are right now. Really? So yeah, I you know well, but I they're actually, still a paper kind of, tiger. They they have a lot of issues, right? I mean, it's a combination. It's like it's like they're sort of a paper tiger, but also they're a paper, a really big ass paper tiger. There we go. Still give you a hell of a paper cut, and maybe if it cut you in the right place, could kill you. Yeah, it's it's just like Russia isn't the Soviet Union of old, right? Like mm -hmm. people have a hard time understanding. Like still some of the same things, like they can still wager their population. It's just like they were doing against Ukraine and stuff, but it isn't the same as it was, you know, back in Stalin's days, but yeah. Uh, and neither is China, but also neither are we. So yeah. it's also a, a different world. So, well, that's why I still, I still stand on. I don't think that we should be escalating with China. I mm -hmm. think, I would ideally like China. They stay on their side of the world. We stay on our side of the world. That's why I'm so much for energy independence, which we've talked about in the episode that got cut. We talked about that a lot. But they can be hegemon. We can be hegemon. They'll exactly. just be in Asia. We'll, we'll be in Amer the Americas. But we definitely need to decouple from them, as Vivek was talking about, especially with energy. We can't. And this was um, so. Let me show you this article. This is the the last thing I had on this this China stuff because um, it's sort of related to. China, but um, well, to preface this, so in the episode that the the file was corrupted, we couldn't show. We were talking about Latin America and how investing all those all those countries, getting energy independent, getting away from Saudi Arabia, and not being slaves to China and Saudi Arabia. And we brought up, and there's just not money for that. It takes a lot of money to invest. Well. Dealing with this, like, how should we handle China? How should we keep from escalating the situation? Instead of just taking money and putting it into Latin America, trying to get energy independent, we're still battling to try and get Saudi Arabia's favor, trying to battle in here. Um, so how the U.S. is derailing China's influence in Africa. This is where we're focusing, and this will I'll explain why this is important in a second. Um, in 2012, a Chinese state... State company finished building the train station in the central Angolan town and installed an illuminated computer-controlled board to show departure times and ticket prices, blah, blah, blah. Um, over the years, we've told clients that the information is wrong, so they've stopped paying attention to it. Uh, I just want to see. The U.S. government is planning to lend $250 million and its prestige to make sure the $1.7 billion Lobodo Corridor project succeeds. Um, they've done a salvo over the bows of the Chinese, said Alex Fines, director of Africa program at Gatham House, a British think tank. So basically, we're we're um, 
let's see. Yeah, so we're trying to to influence our we're trying we're trying to basically put our dick on the table in Africa because of rare earth minerals and because we have to care about Africa. But I'm like, why fuck that. Take that 250 million dollars and give it to Chile <laughs> and say here's what we want you to build and or or even send down uh US contractors down there and pay them and you know c- give uh Chile a cut of it and then just build you know titanium lithium everything we need like the money's there or at least we could start siphoning money but instead this is where the focus of lawmakers is is it's just like we talk about the that we're so over the Russia stuff, but they're stuck in this old school Cold War mindset. It's like they're still in. We got to get we got to win the energy war with Africa. It's like, no, we don't. We need to win our own war here in America with our own energy and our own population. Yeah, it's like people, they literally can't think outside the box. But um, so this is actually something that I'd be very excited about if Trump gets in. I said at the beginning of the show um, that there'd be a good thing. Uh, about Trump and you know Trump does do good things I every it's kind of like defending the police to a liberal it's like I don't want to have to defend the the cops mm-hmm. but um everyone on the right and a lot of our audience is more right um center right uh they love Trump so much we end up talking a lot of trash because we have to be that opposing voice of reason but uh this is something that I'm very happy about and something that directly ties into all of this so Uh, Donald Trump's Taiwan remarks sparked fury and concern. So former President Donald Trump's comments suggesting that the United States should not help Taiwan in the event of an invasion from China has sparked a new wave of anger and concern on social media. Which, by the way, I like that just off the bat because I don't want war with China. So Trump was very strong on China. I will give him that. He was very strong on China. But he also doesn't want a war with him. So good position there. Trump, who is leading the who is the leading favorite to secure the GOP nomination for president after winning the Iowa caucus on Monday, sat for an interview on Fox News Sunday morning futures with Maria Bartiroma, uh, where he was asked if under a hypothetical second Trump presidency, the U.S. would protect Taiwan from Chinese aggression, even if it meant going to war with China. China claims Taiwan is part of its territory, but the Communist Party leadership has never controlled the self-ruled island and its in its seven decades in power in Beijing. The former president declined to give a firm answer, but did suggest discontent with Taiwan for allegedly taking semiconductor business away from the U.S. That is what I like to hear. <laughs> Instead of saying, we got sub- to go to war with China to protect the, the semiconductors, he's saying, we want that business. <laughs> so credit where credit's due, that would be great if Trump Trump could get in and start to de-escalate some of this stuff and get us energy independent. Maybe that's a pipe dream. Maybe he won't follow through on any of that. But I did like his a, foreign policy. I mean, Kim Jong-un, maybe that, that was just a, a photo op, but no new, no new wars restricting ROEs. If we can just keep that and then he can focus, well, again, border and focus on energy, focus, get our fuel yeah. stocks back up. And we need those precious metals for uh, those little chip. And we yeah. say semiconductor, all that stuff, yeah, all yeah. stuff that I know nothing about. <laughs> well, he was he was good on uh, he was good on foreign policy. I, I agree with you there. That was one of the things where I said, good, you know, good Trump. I was very I liked a lot of his foreign policy, but um, you know, I, I just wanted to throw that in there as a, kind of a, a a hopeful thing in the end where we talk about all this stuff and I get black pilled where I'm like, there's no hope, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like. 
at least this is something to look forward to of Trump. Like I, I try to, to look at the positives where like I'm assuming Trump's going to be the nominee. I would rather have Trump than Biden. So what does that look like? What's some stuff we can look forward to? Well, will the Republicans pressure him to really follow through on the border this time? Will he, you know, go for energy independence and de-escalate with China? And so I try to think about these things to kind of, for myself, give myself hope because I don't want to be bummed out on Trump. I supported him 2016, uh, 2020. So I want to, I want to like the guy. I want to support the guy. So maybe that's a little bit of me trying to think of like, you know, the positive possibilities, yeah. but um, either way, I think that uh, at least he's got the right idea. And hopefully that message, if nothing else, Vivek said that message too. Hopefully that can be, uh, we can get more Republicans on board with caring about energy independence. Um, Cause man, it's something, I think it could be a, a, like a war starting thing more than a lot of this other stuff. Energy at the end of the day, it all comes down to resources and, and we are just in a bad position with China, how much power they have over us, how much power Saudi Arabia has over us. It's We're not in a good position. We talked about China may be a paper tiger, but still dangerous. It's like, well, they that paper tiger also has a, a claw wrapped right around our, our balls. Yeah. It's kind of like if you want to build up your Navy, it takes years in advance to do so. It's the same thing with drill. You know, it does like years, but it takes a while just to us. It, it takes half a year just to, to set up half these like damn rigs and get it set up all right. Not to mention when, when you find it, you, you know, they have to do surveys and figure out the best way to go after it and drill it and attack it. And mm-hmm. it's like it's not something that you can just stop and start again and stop and start again. And that, that's yeah. what pe- people don't realize. So it's like if that got cut off and you've already – you know, we've just been pouring through our strategic res- uh, uh, petroleum reserves. Yeah, sure, you can have uh, oil production start back up here in America and offshore, you know, but that's going to take time. And just look at Texas when they didn't have power. So, like, imagine if you don't have natural gas running all these power plants, you know, and yeah. uh, or a diesel to run the coal to the power plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are end up cold, <laughs> and, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. through the winters. Like, that could be some serious times, some... You know, diesel, say diesel, you know, is a problem. All of your well, yeah. I mean, semis, even if tractors, we have shortages, trains. it's not even just about like people starving, dying, whatever. It's okay if they they cut off our energy enough to just limit our economy. Well, what fuels wars and war efforts? Economies. So if they destroy our economy, we can't fund a war. They destroy us from within. All of it. They cut off literally our supply lines. I mean, yeah, we've we have taken our supply lines for this future war and we've put it behind enemy lines. It's the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but we make our guns here. Well, what about all the medication, the computer, all this other stuff that doesn't get yeah. paid here, though? So yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then, heck, all the stuff they send over here anyways all has back, be a back doors of... and copies all of our code and everything yeah. else. And they use all of our patents. It's just dirty at this point. And mm-hmm. But at the same token, we also uh, Americans also buy a lot of crap from China, and I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. But yeah. two, also like at some point, we need to demand that like, hey, we'll all pay more. We're already getting screwed over right now, paying for all these dumb wars and stuff. So hey, well, here's the thing: quit spending money on that. We'll pay more. Let's ha- you know quit buying stuff from China. Like make if the it economy was set up for that. Like it was back in the day. You could have American manufacturing. The problem is they've 
regulations, they made it so expensive where it's not like, okay, it's a few bucks more for an American-made thing. It's like, it's going to be double the price. Oh, yeah. But it's like, if they would actually focus on getting us back to an American-made economy, cutting these regulations, stop give, rewarding companies for going overseas, then the free market will also drive that down. Okay, it's more expensive here. We're going to have to figure some stuff out. The free market can figure all of that out. And then you'll get to where... It's affordable to still get American-made stuff, and that creates jobs, boosts the economy, stuff being made in America. So I think it's it, we absolutely could do it. It's not like it's it's too far gone. It's just the gov. I think that corporations and stuff are incentivized. I mean, we we send our meat off to get like we ship it across the ocean to get processed because it's cheaper than doing it here. That is not a free market issue. That is not a something here with resources issue. That is the government. Somewhere along the line, again, I'm not an economist, but that somewhere along the line, something has got seriously fucked up with the system. Absolutely, that is not the free market. There's no way in any sane world without the government sticking its finger in that it's cheaper to ship ship it over to China to get your meat processed. So I think that's a big problem with a lot of this stuff is the the government's handicapping American businesses. And what um, are you getting for all that regulation? Because even with all that regulation... You can still get a you know steak that's from Brazil and it's just been put in a wrapper in America like it's final packaging and it's a product of the USA. You go to Walmart, it says it's American beef right there, and so you you know you it, that's just obviously just to stay in with that one example. But usually with the stuff, like all we do is is ever can can complain and it's just like and we can't get stuff repealed. It's like well let's quit trying to add new stuff then because. There's no accountability, and none of this stuff ever ends up good, and it never, ever gives us the outcome that, that we want. <laughs> exactly. That's It's so tempting to go, the government can step in and do this and do that. And like I see this a lot with the Republicans and culture stuff where they want, you know, we shouldn't be little Nos X. We should be – it's like, well, who do you want to come in and, and take away and to, to stop – bolstering little Nas X's uh, content. You want the government to come in and do it? Like, when does the government ever step in to when something sensible needs to be fixed and make it better? And I'm guilty of it too, where I'm like, I want the government to, we got to do something about this. But it's like, at the end of the day, the government, even though it should work, it should, it's such an easy solution. The government will find a way to fuck it up. Mm -hmm. But was that the, the third camera? All right, yeah. While you're uh, messing with that, I'll go ahead and play the. This, this is, is the bumper for cool stuff I'm gonna keep you it don't need to know. That's a cool thing. Like Fun facts. Yep. Really this dead, is really the bumper. Yeah, yeah, bumper for cool I'm stuff. Really <laughs> kind of a dumb bumper, but whatever. Um, so real quick, let me also pull up the the outro here um just so that i have it up all right so this is just uh a funny video nothing special to it i just saw it and i thought this guy was actually he works for saturday night live and i was like this is actually a funny a funny video saturday night live does very little that's funny these days but this was this is a funny what's one what's up my dude what's up dude oh my oh, god the boat what happened up oh very late Got boned by the subway. Damn you, C-Train. <laughs> um, how y'all doing? No, dude, your face. Did you get Botox? Oh, you guys can tell? Yes. Yeah, I just got a little touch-up. What? So this was intentional, not an accident? Yeah, I figured we're going to be on camera a little more. Might as well look my best. And you know I love you. Love you, too. You look like you drowned. 
I feel like I'm at your wake. You look embalmed. I asked for the shallow, man. Is that coming through? No. <laughs> I like it, man. I paid top dollar for this thing. How much? 150 bucks. Then That's not enough. For not enough. Full face Botox? <laughs> that sucks. I wish there was an undo button for this thing. <laughs> your face isn't even moving when you laugh, dude. This is so bad. I'm sorry. What did you do? Oh, my God. What is with your finger? Oh, yeah. I got some work done myself. You got longer fingers? <laughs> oh, my God. We are not making this about my fingers. Wait, 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 you extended you them? know how many YouTube comments there were about how short they were before. Well, now you look like the Babadook. Wow, Mark. <laughs> Don't touch my mouth. Oh, no. no. Wow. You look like Pan's yeah. Labyrinth. Do I? Do this. That's Pan. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, sure, fine. But these fingers rock. I feel more confident. I play guitar easier. I can do cool stuff like West Side. <laughs> I got Botox. I look good. You know what? Should I get some work done on my face? or No. Oh, you don't need great. it. I know. I'm talking about my second face. Yeah. What, the hell? what? What is that? I know, I know. He needs a nose job. No, what the hell is it? Does it talk? Well, he used to, but then I think he died. Oh. Okay, this is so toxic. Can we all agree that we're beautiful on the inside? I guess so. Yeah. I agree. Who said that? It was me. You guys are beautiful. <laughs> That's a funny dude. I have one more video by him. He's just a... I, you know the uh, the uh, things where girls like shoot fat in their ass now. Like uh -huh. I don't what's it, yeah. I don't know what it's called. Fat injections or yeah. And there's some shots. name for it or some something. But like apparently people are doing that for the cheap and girls are like getting infected and all sorts of crazy. Oh yeah, chicks are dying on the table for getting the Kim Kardashian ass implants. Oh my goodness, that's insane. It's right? so stupid. That's way too cheap for full face all the time. That's <laughs> yeah, what I thought of. Yeah, this guy. For anyone who's curious, his name is uh, Ben Marshall. Um, I'll actually, I'll give him a sub. Oh, yeah, but uh, Ben Marshall, he's funny. This was uh, another video I saw. It's oh my God, fun. dude, what is on your face? <laughs> oh, I got tattoos last <laughs> night. <laughs> you what? like them? Are those the same tattoos Post Malone has? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Does he have these? Yeah, the exact same tattoos. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Small world. I don't know if I've ever seen them. <laughs> you haven't seen them? Mm -hmm. I don't go to like celebrity parties or whatever. You've seen them on TV, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I don't watch TV. I read. I'm a reader. What does it say under your eyes there? <laughs> Always tired. You know me. Yeah. I like taking naps every day. And stuff. Yeah. These men, I feel just like a rock star. Dude, you're singing a Post Malone song. You know yeah. who he is. I love his music. I've never seen his face. Come on, dude. You know I think music videos are a sin. So you just came up with these tattoos no on your own. Yeah, me, they remind me of my favorite. <laughs> I saw a right, Post first. Malone. James yeah. Taylor. Oh my God. Stay away. <laughs> Stay away. Stay away, bad guy. Google it. I promise he doesn't have these tattoos. I'm doing it. I'm Googling <laughs> it right <laughs> now. No, see what I'm you doing it. Oh my God. <laughs> ben, what did you do? <laughs> oh, nothing. Everybody in Tony Robbins, how you doing? Posty, I don't care, Tony Robbins. Robbins. I like Posty too. He can kill yeah. all the other rappers. I yeah, say that he all the trains time. with uh, uh, Garrett, dude from Cogworks. Yeah, serious gun people. Yeah, Ranger, but really a CI contractor forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, whether you he has like nice or... guns, yeah. He, he actually, uh, Post Malone's uh, little six by uh, Ford Raptor takes a Mod Deuce fifty cal that he has for Really, but he also just hires people. So, like, when you're that rich, it's just like my my boss or whoops, it's rich people. They, you know, they they just hire people mm -hmm. to like, um, uh, you know, to to do all the paperwork, deal with the ATF, and then you can just put a fifty cal in your truck. But yeah, yeah. What's that? Like, if you're already going to spend a couple. 
you know, thousand bucks or whatever, tens of thousands of dollars. It's like, what's paying someone two grand to do the paperwork? Yeah. That's, yeah, we live. That's one thing. If you're uh, rich, then you don't ever get your Second Amendment rights restricted. You can no. pretty much have whatever you want. It's just. But water SBRs all the time. Who cares? Yeah. But. Which is such bullshit. But anyway, well, we could talk for days about the second amendment um we gotta stay you gotta update us uh next episode maybe about what's going on with any gun legislation we need to have like a we're kind of weekly watch on gun legislation but yeah we're just in limbo right now you know it's not a lot going on well yeah a lot just happened but we'll kind of see what sticks that's why it's kind of like see what happened so lots uh, has happened i guess nothing is concrete right now though so gotcha well we'll talk about that next episode but uh in the meantime i appreciate you you're staying with us, and uh, we'll be here again tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Uh, as always, keep a book in your nightstand. Read it before you go to bed. That way you're smarter tomorrow than you were today. We got to We got to